Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Joshua. Now therefore, revere the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A gospel reading from the sixth chapter of John. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you, that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father." Because of this, many disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus answered the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Bread of Life series that we've been having throughout this month of August is now coming to an end. Next week, we're going to celebrate Christmas, Christmas in August. So uh, you don't need to wear your favorite Christmas sweater next week if you don't want to, but can. So uh, here we go. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. Uh, Thankfully for me, the whole Barney the Purple Dinosaur thing never made a comeback. Not yet, at least. the Teletubbies actually did make a brief reintroduction. They resurfaced a few years ago, but thankfully, they quickly faded away. Thanks be to God for that. But I thought, as a parent, that I was going to get to miss out on all of, in my opinion, some of that awful programming of the 90s, right? Like, so, like, I didn't watch this when I was a kid, but I saw, like, the generation after me had all of this just horrible stuff. And then all of a sudden, in my opinion, right? Like, you might have loved it and have great memories attached to this, and thanks be to God for that. But I didn't. So then, one day it happened. We became a Power Ranger family. And... And I don't know where this came from, but it's like a starfish that regrows one of its legs after it's been cut off. It's like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers always keep coming back. And they have new casts that spring up every few years. And they're new things that the kids, that these characters morph into, whether it's beasts or dinosaurs or ninjas. I don't know what it is, but they've figured out a way to keep this franchise going and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny of franchise TV shows. But whatever they've come up with, 
My kids love it. They watch these episodes and then they pretend that they are the characters. And of course, my four-year-old son, Edison, is the one who's leading the charge. He's the gold ranger. And so he loves to just run around and pretend that he is the gold, the gold ranger. He's pretending to kick and fight the aliens. He's even got his little morpher on his arm. So he'll run around with, with his sister. And he's so into character, he won't even respond to his own name. And he'll say, you know, he'll hit his wrist with his little morpher and he'll be like, it's morphin' time. And I'm like, you go for it, bud. So he loves playing with his sister, you see here, and he will just, he'll just all of a sudden just be like, Lucy, and then she'll just kind of come over and start running and playing with him. But her, name is, her name's not Lucy. <laughs> her, her name's Vienna, okay? So like, she's like so into the character that she thinks that she's Lucy. And the weird thing about Lucy is, I'm like, who's Lucy? Well, Lucy's actually a spinoff character in the mini Power Rangers, and they're like this little cartoon thing. I'm like, so they've actually decided they're going to blend the old Power Rangers with the young Power Rangers, and they've figured out how they're playing their game together. I don't understand it, but somehow they love it. And so I was really skeptical at first when I started seeing that he was watching the Power Rangers. And I'm like, look, what's this going to teach them? Are they going to start fighting a lot now? I mean, but all the battles on the show tend to be kind of ridiculously over the top, and they're, you know, the villains that they're fighting are all pretty cartoonish. So I'm like, it's all right. And then... What I've really appreciated is it has promoted this like imagination and creative play and like the two of them have really been bonded. So like I have images like this and the two of them like uh, pretending to be Power Rangers. Like I have images like this that I can look back on and be reminded of how the two of them got along so well that I'll be able to, look, to remember in my phone and, and these pictures that'll be part of that memory. I've appreciated that, that the show actually does focus on like teamwork and working together and cooperation and some of the sub-themes are like kindness and treating the others with respect, which, I mean, like, that's a good thing. Like, I want my kids, if they're going to be exposed to something, to have those traits uh, that, they're, that they're learning and that they're gleaning. That's what I want for them. I mean, that's what we want for our kids when they're coming to church and they're going to Sunday school and all that good stuff, too. And I think those are some of the same skills that Joshua might be talking about when we have that really famous line that he says, As for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. And so before these two little Power Rangers my, that you're seeing, before they were born, Faith Lutheran made a photo directory. This is kind of right after I uh, came here as the pastor. And so we got, you know, we got our time signed up to be able to take our family photo. And the rest of my crew, you know, pre those two little Power Rangers, we had these six. And so we were ready. We took our family photo. And then when we were presented with how we could purchase our options, of course, the folks at Life Touch have all these very influential things to get you to buy their larger packages. They're like, what if you use this Bible passage and put that with your family picture? And I'm like, you sold. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I mean, I look at this picture almost every single day. I'm like, oh, I love that picture of our family. And that verse just captures like what we're all about. Like we, we are a family that is united and that we are in this together. And we're united in our faith to serve the Lord together. Which is really, really, really good for that little four-year-old gold Power Ranger. Because this past week, he did something really, really, really bad. He's a bit of a troublemaker. I know it's hard to believe it with that cute little face of his, but Edison did something so bad. Our gold Power Ranger actually intentionally threw a remote control at the television set. Hard. And he cracked it. 
Now, when you want to watch the Power Rangers on the TV in the basement, you actually feel like you are being sucked into the Morphin Grid. I have no idea what that means, but they say it all the time. So, like, this is what our TV looks like, and actually it's kind of growing and growing to the fact that almost all of it is unviewable. Edison can be so good and cute one minute and then, like, so naughty the next. And I think... I know what Joshua must have felt like, right? Because Joshua, you remember what he inherited? Like Joshua is the one who's appointed after Moses. Moses doesn't make it to the promised land. Moses is the one who dies right before they get to the promised land. And then Joshua is the one after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, right? He's the one who brings the people into the promised land. The people who had been so devoted to God yet so susceptible to sin and temptation and, and bowing down to idols, right? Like Joshua is the guy who has to help them to, to be their leader. Now, if you hear the name Joshua, I don't think, I mean, maybe, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That might come to mind, but it's probably not your first image of Joshua. When I say Joshua, I bet the thing that you think of first is Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, right? Like that's like, oh, that's the great Sunday school story. I mean, I mean, it's probably not a really good Sunday school story, but it's like one of the stories that we teach them and that we remember like Joshua, who's been helped by Rahab, who's in the city. She's this woman who's been able to help some of the spies. Rahab's in the city and, and God has talked to Joshua and said, hey, here's how I want you to be able to uh, help save Rahab and to be able to, to conquer this city and this will be part of an important battle for you. And so all you got to do is listen to my instructions. And honestly, when Joshua tells his army the plan, they probably looked at him like, you're crazy. You think that's going to work? And here's the plan. We're going to walk around the city for seven days and then on the seventh day, we're going to blow our trumpets. That's it? And they do. And the walls come tumbling down. Right? We remember that story. And here it is. Joshua now as this appointed leader. He has to kind of go with the ebb and flow of like something that powerful and miraculous. You'd think like everyone would be like, yep, Joshua, whatever you say, whatever, the God, whatever God tells us to do, we're in. But they keep wavering just like they did in the wilderness. Like the people don't quite get it. And so as Joshua is about to die and he's on his deathbed, he gathers the people together and he tells them that powerful verse. He says, look, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people have a response. It goes something like this. The people said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it's the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight. God who protected us along the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, including the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, Joshua, we too will serve the Lord for he is our God. But Joshua, before he's like ready to write this down in blood, he's like, wait, folks. Now remember, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. And if you forsake the Lord and you serve these foreign gods, then he will turn you, turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. But the people are like, no, 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 no. Joshua, we are in. We will serve the Lord. This goes back and forth another couple of times, right? Like Joshua is like, are you sure? Because like, you don't have a great track record, people. Are you sure you want to make this covenant? And of course, the people in the end are like, yes, please. We want to make this covenant. And so Joshua says, okay, we'll make this covenant between you and God. 
and then he dies. And guess what happens after Joshua dies? How do you think the people did? Take a guess. It didn't go very well, right? You turn the page after the, reading the book of Joshua, you get into the book of Judges, and it's already like immediate doom and gloom, right? Like they already have blown it. The people disobey the Lord. They break the covenant. They, they get unfaithful. They start worshiping the, the idols of Baal. They start worshiping the false gods and the idols and the statues, and they don't worship the living God. They don't remember that God is dwelling amongst them. Hard to believe, right? See, the one constant that I've noticed throughout the Bible, it feels like it's a lot of stories about how people have been deeply in relationship with God and trust that God will be with them. But then they, they decide in those moments when they're really at need that they are willing to forsake and abandon God and those feelings disappear and they don't turn to God when they need God the most. And it's probably a bit unsettling for us when we read the gospel today because that gospel lesson, I know it's, we've been having this bread of life for a long time, but there's one line of that gospel that really jumped out at me and it said, because of Jesus' teaching, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went with Jesus. Wait, what? What did you just say? Like they, they actually had people who heard what Jesus said and said, no thanks, I'm out. How's that possible? People really stopped following Jesus after hearing the things that he did? Like, I know what we're thinking. There's like no way that I would be like that. The truth is, I think we see this play out more often than we'd care to admit. I think that truth is also a bit embarrassing when we think that it happens to ourselves. That there's times where we're like, man, it's so much easier to just do what I think I need to do instead of listening to what God's saying. I mean, it's easy to say, hey, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. We're Christians, right? It's another thing to truly mean it. It's another thing to live it. It's another thing to be a Christian. Think about how confident the people were when they told Joshua, yeah, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord with you, Joshua. Or Peter, who's like, hey, you know, what's going on here? All these people are leaving you. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, well, what do you believe? And Peter looks at him and says, Lord, whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. But Peter's story isn't that easy. Peter, even after this amazing confession, he's going to always be the one that we look to as the one who doesn't get it, the one who denies Jesus, the one who abandons him on his last day. When times get tough for the Israelites or for the disciples, to whom shall they go? Do they spend time in prayer? Do they dwell on the words in Scripture? Do they come together and take care of each other? Oftentimes we see that play out in Scripture. So how about us? How are we making it through all of this? How are we serving the Lord? Because honestly, times are tough right now. I mean, look at what's going on with the fires and the hurricanes and the droughts. Yeah, we got all that. But let's throw in the debate over COVID vaccines or masks in schools or the devastating images coming out of Afghanistan and whose fault is it? You want to pick a fight on any of those topics? You can get one pretty easily. Try tossing in religious justification for your position at your own risk. Because if we're making our choices, I hope that we're making them for the benefit of our neighbor. Whatever our choice is, are we doing it because it's going to help something or someone beyond ourselves? Because when we do that, that is being holy. That is being faithful to what God has done for us. Because what really matters to God, and I believe this to my core, is how we treat each other. Like God truly wants us to be in covenant with each other and actually to look out for each other. God wants us to take care of each other and God's creation. And that sometimes means we do something that is going to help our neighbor. 
Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Are we treating each other like we would like to be treated or even better yet, how we know that they would like to be treated? Are we centering our hearts on God right now and hoping for the best of each other? Or are we, are we wanting others to fail? I know what you're thinking right now. What happened to Edison? Okay, well, Edison, when he threw that remote, my first instinct was not, oh, that's okay. I was a little mad, a little mad, kind of mad. I was, I was really mad. I'm like, why, why would you do this? Like, what were you thinking? And Edison knew that. And so Edison knew what he had done was wrong. And he knew he was in trouble. And Edison bolted like an Israelite caught bowing down to a false idol when Joshua walks into his tent. So we had to get a search party going. I mean, he was gone. So I was like, hey, some of you look inside. Some of you look outside. We got to find him. And as we're searching the house inside and out, before I found him, I took a breath. I realized there are more important things than this TV. And I finally found him in his room. And he was this huge lump on his bed with the cover pulled over him. And so I walked over and I peeled the, the blanket over his head and I peeled it back. And I held him and he finally calmed down. And he tried to blame his older brother Sullivan, of course, for telling him to do it. But I wasn't going to turn this into a Garden of Eden debate by any means. And so Edison, finally, after we just kind of sat with each other for a minute, he apologized. He admitted to what he did. And he said he was sorry, that he was wrong. You going to do that again, Edison? No. I would like to think that Edison will never, ever, ever, ever do it again. But he's four. <laughs> he's human. Edison will mess up many, many more times. But no matter what Edison does in the future, I will always love my little gold Power Ranger. Why? Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And forgiveness and love, that's, that's at the core of our values. So how about you? Who will you serve? And how will you do it? Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.